Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy to have you with us here on this Red Thursday. So the need keeps growing to help veterans, not just here, but all over. And there's a special event coming up that aims to do that. Yes, and Brian Meyer, CEO and co-founder of the Veterans Community Project, is online with us to do some talking about it. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Brian Meyer. Welcome back to the program. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Always happy to get on here and talk about Veterans Community Project. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up on November 4th. Yeah, so November 4th is Veterans Community Project's uh, annual fundraising event. But uh, what I want to kind of qualify that as, it's not just a fundraising event. Uh, This event is intended to celebrate and recognize all the good work that we're doing as an organization. And to me, more importantly, um, you know, Kansas City has the best program in the United States for homeless and at-risk veterans. And it's a time for us to come together and celebrate that as a community because, to me, that that's something worth celebrating. So, yeah, and we'll talk more about the event uh, at T-Mobile Center coming up a little bit later. For those who don't know Veterans Community Project, although at this point, word gets out all the time, but for those who don't know, tell us where the idea came from and then how it's evolved. Absolutely. So for anybody that is maybe unfamiliar, uh, just big picture, Veterans Community Project builds communities of tiny homes as transitional housing for homeless veterans and provides on-site wraparound case management. Uh, In addition, we have a robust outreach program that any veteran can access and walk into our doors and get assistance with numerous different things. The organization was founded by myself, a handful of uh, other guys, all in Kansas City. We're all Kansas City guys. We're all combat veterans. And more importantly, we were all kind of working with low-income homeless veterans and kept running into the same issue, that issue being, how do you take a veteran from street homeless and not just put a roof over their head, uh, but really address the underlying issues of homelessness, get them back on their feet, and then reintegrate them back into our Kansas City community? And it was kind of looking at that issue and thinking about what's the best way to attack it is how the idea for Veterans Community Project came up. Here's what I've been trying to wrap my head around, uh, Brian, and I'm, I'm sure you run into this all the time, is I love the fact that you're doing what you're doing. I love the fact that Veterans Community Project is doing the work that it's doing. I wish you didn't have to, because as you just said, the idea of having a, a veteran, somebody who, whether they're a combat veteran or not, who served the country in the military, come back and end up out on the streets is anathema to most of us. Where's the military? Is there not a support system that already exists through the military to do and take care of a lot of these things? Where are the holes? 
So it's a really good point that there are gaps and holes in the system. And, you know, that's what Veterans Community Project aims to be, is somebody to step in and fill that gap. One of the other things that I always like to point out is with this issue, it takes everybody doing something. You know, uh, the the Department of Veteran Affairs uh, is, is not equipped to handle this on their own. Uh, Veterans Community Project fills in that gap. There are other great agencies uh, that also in the Kansas City area that also play a part. But I think that, as you just pointed out, the idea that you would have somebody who served our country end up homeless is something that, you know, on its face is appalling to most of us, which is why we wanted to take this very tangible step of saying, look, we're going to come together as a community And we're going to fix this at our level. We're not going to wait for somebody else to fix it because we're not okay with the situation. And that's what we've done here in Kansas City. Give us some perspective on the stories of the people that VCP helps. Because I know it's, it's not just men. You've got women that come in as well, which is something that we need to think about a little bit more too and talk about. But what are some of the stories? What are, what are the stories of people that you end up seeing? So, Thank you for pointing that out, right? Uh, Veterans are, you know, all genders, all races, all ages. Uh, We work with veterans from that are like myself, Iraq, Afghanistan War veterans, all the way back to, you know, Vietnam, Korean War veterans. What's crazy about it is, and I, I think what most people maybe don't realize is how complicated homelessness is and how each person's story is so unique, and that people don't just become homeless overnight, that it's usually a series of events. And therefore, addressing those issues takes a very individually tailored approach, which is our case management program. But, you know, you we have the stories of people who, you know, we have a, a resident who was perfectly stable. Um, he's about 84 years old, and his house burned down, and he was a victim of arson. So overnight, he went from home ownership to homeless with a dog. Um, you know, that's that's a tough thing to overcome. Then we have other people. Um, you know, one guy stands out to me in particular that – after he transitioned, he just never got his feet underneath him. And he kept bouncing around and bouncing around. And each time he bounced, he bounced down a little bit lower. And, you know, by the time he hit his 30s, we were able to kind of catch him and bring him in and get him back on his feet. And now he's moved out. He has a job, a degree. He's doing well for himself. So it's really a spectrum from those people who never made the transition at all to people who did make the transition and then something happened in their lives and they slipped backwards. Some of the projects that we've talked to you about in the past, uh, I mean, including things like the Tiny Homes Project and things like that, I mean, that's where the rubber really meets the road as far as Veterans Community Project is concerned. So talk a little bit about that. And, and for people who want to take part in this fundraiser or people who want to get involved on a, on a regular basis uh, with donating funds to Veterans Community Project, they're going to want to know where does that money go? What are some of the things that you do to help out in those gaps where the VA just isn't? Yeah, thank you. Uh, one thing that I do like, I, I want to give a shout out to is the fact that we are a nonprofit organization and everything we do, uh, we have to rely on our community and donors to make happen. So anybody that wants more information or to get involved or to contribute, uh, veteranscommunityproject.org or vcp.org is, is the best place to start. Um, 
So where, where these contributions go, one, is the first thing we have to do is invest in the infrastructure, the infrastructure being the community of homes, meaning that's the platform by which we can provide case management and provide the supportive services. So once we get that stood up, then we focus on how do we put the programming in place, meaning how do we really make sure that these individuals get the intensive support they need in order to find a long-term permanent housing solution. When veterans move in with us, they don't pay rent. They don't pay for utilities. Their payment is participation in the case management program. Uh, if they do have an income, we want to direct that towards their own personal savings or first in, you know, a, a down payment on their next place. So the contributions also go towards making sure that year over year these veterans uh, not only have free access to case management, but they can access the facilities at no cost to them as well. I want to talk about the wraparound services that you mentioned for a second, because one of the smartest things I've ever heard said about homelessness came in a meeting at VCP, and it was said that it is cheaper to prevent homelessness than to react to it. We need to talk more about that preventing part. Yeah, so it's 100% correct, right? It's it's more fiscally sound. It's better for the individual if you can prevent their homelessness rather than pull them out of it. So one of the reasons that we're completely reliant on uh, the generosity of the community and donors and supporters uh, is because we have a very expansive definition of homeless. There are some grants and programs out there that we could access, but they have very specific definitions around homelessness, a lot of those being that they want the individual to actually be physically homeless. We take the approach that if an individual is couch surfing, if they're sleeping in their car, if they're in a slumlord situation, that they are rapidly on the approach to homelessness. And we would rather bring them in with us and start to reestablish their foundation than wait for them to hit rock bottom. So we always try to take a preventative approach. That could be not only with the housing or a veteran comes to us and they're three months behind on rent. Well, we want to be able to have a program in place to, you know, pay that rent for them or get some repairs on their car so that they can continue to make work on time so they don't lose their job and then start a, a downward slope. So th those are all some of the prevention activities we participate in. And you mentioned that, that participation is necessary from the veterans themselves, so that, that they get the utilities and all of that paid for in exchange for participation in the program. What are the requirements for them? What do they have to do to continue in the program? So every veteran that comes in meets with their case manager. And while we have pillars around our case management program, we have what we call our five pillars, health and wellness, network of support, you know, fiscal understanding, all these things, with inside those pillars, it's tailored to each individual. Because as I mentioned earlier, homelessness is complicated. Not everybody has the same story. So their end goal and their process to get there needs to be tailored specific to their, their situation. So when they move in, they meet with their case manager, they set out a plan. Sometimes that could be weekly meetings. Sometimes it could be biweekly. Sometimes it could be you have to, we want you to engage in these uh, employment and fiscal understanding classes. It's just participation in working through the program with their case manager. If they're doing that, if they're working, we're going to stick with them as long as it takes.
Excellent. Well, if, uh, as we said, the big, big event is coming up on November the 4th. VCP.org is the website or veteranscommunityproject.org. Can they find all the information about uh, the fundraiser on November 4th on the website? Absolutely. They can link off the website and uh, find all the information there. You know, one more plug for it. I'm sure a lot of people have maybe attended a fundraising event or uh, a gala, which is uh, the exact opposite of what we do. Uh, we like to have fun. We like to have an opportunity for everybody that attends to get to know each other. Uh, I will tell you, there's not a lot of fundraisers out there that have a dunk tank. We have a dunk tank. Um, so we, we try to make it a good time. While still Are you honoring. in it? Who's in it? Well, we're going to see who uh, who gets the most money, uh, who pays the most to dunk somebody. You know, last year it was one of the other co-founders, Brandon. Uh, I My dollars would bet that more people want to see Brandon back in the tank than me, but we'll see. <laughs> I, I mean, if you need volunteers, Brian, we're here for you. I'm just saying. They're just putting hey, it out there. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? And T-Mobile Center is a great partner of ours. They came to us and said, we really love the idea of a celebration around veteran issues and celebrating all the great work that Kansas City's done. Kansas City not only has the best program, it is, it is I tell people, it is, the, it is the beacon on the hill for other cities when it comes to veteran homeless programs. It is the reason that so many other communities are reaching out to Veterans Community Project and asking us to bring our program to their city. So we can celebrate that. T-Mobile really liked that idea. And they let us do weird things like put a dunk tank in. Outstanding. So it's a good time. All right. VCP.org is the website. Check out all the information there. And Brian Meyer, again, thanks for doing what you do. We always love talking to you. Hey, I, I just appreciate you guys letting me get on here and, and get the word out. Awareness is, you know, still part of the battle. So thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Uh, and we look forward to the event on November 4th. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll be back in a few minutes on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Um, this goes under the heading of how can this possibly happen? With a major diagnosis of a nurse, and you just wonder how, how. How did we get there? Yeah, and it was a very, well, I say simple. Nothing, I guess, at that level is simple. But the simple answer is she was misdiagnosed. She was 35 years old and uh, had been battling cancer for two years, didn't know it because she was initially diagnosed as having long COVID. Yeah, so she had, um, what's her name here? Uh, Brogan Williams, this is out of the UK. Uh, she'd had a history of breast cancer seriously um and had undergone multiple rounds of chemo mastectomies both of her breasts were gone then and so we get to october 2020 she is in remission so cancer free as far as we know but at about the same time she started um, feeling back pain and shortness of breath but couldn't get a doctor's appointment if you recall because of the pandemic we couldn't get in and her oncologist told her she was too young for the cancer to come back which are words I've never heard said. Uh, no. Before. No, that, that's unbelievable. I mean, uh, have, have we ever been to a childhood cancer ward, doctor? Right, right. So here's the timeline of how this went um, and how quickly this went. In February of 2021, she had an MRI of her spine that came back clear. In July, uh, she went back with chest pains after feeling like she had been punched in the back when climbing stairs. Hospital medics dismissed her symptoms as COVID lung and told her to go home and rest. Long, long-term COVID symptoms. She had never tested positive for COVID-19, but that's what they told her it was. Which, like, you yeah. probably just have it and didn't, didn't test positive. 
So July 27th, she goes back to the ER and was told that a CT scan from a month before showed that her cancer was not just back, but spread to her lungs. And at that point, they said, the most we can do is offer you comfort care. Yeah. Because that's how bad this has gotten. And and she has now died because yeah. because they didn't get on top of this. Now, how they had an MRI from a month before that apparently nobody looked at right. is, is just stunning. Now, uh, I, you have the, the doctor telling her, oh, you're too young to have your cancer come back like that. No, that's idiocy. I mean, you don't have to be a doctor to know any of this stuff. Um, and... and you know, I mean, the, every step along the way. Now, when you have somebody that's experiencing those kinds of symptoms, what do you think should happen? I mean, you, now, granted, a lot of those symptoms are going to mirror. You're going to have fatigue. Mm-hmm. You're going to have pain in your chest. You're going to have shortness of breath the same way that she talked about. But if she says to you, when you diagnose her with, with COVID lung, and she says to you, I've never been diagnosed with COVID, that's a blood test. You do a simple blood test that can tell you whether you've had it or not. I don't understand the motivation behind um, assuming it's COVID. I, I don't understand why somebody would argue with her and yeah. say, we know you've never tested positive, but sometimes the test is wrong and we think you have COVID. Instead of, and this is where I wonder if this is this is what happened, instead of understanding that breast cancer can come back later as something else. I mean, it, it can... You can be in remission from breast cancer and it can, cancers can show up somewhere else. Sure. Was there a lack of understanding about that? Uh, and if there that is, they're like, well, a lack of understanding from an oncologist. Um, right. Yeah. It seems like there shouldn't be. And is, uh, yeah, somebody on the text line just echoed what we said. Who was the radiologist who looked at that and didn't notice? If a radiologist ever looked at it, but you would think when you go in and have a scan like that, somebody's going to take a good hard look at it and see what's going on there. I don't know what the lesson is in this. Is, is there one? Is there a lesson? And because she's a nurse too. Yeah. I mean, if, if anybody would know like how to self-advocate and the importance of that, it would be a nurse. Like my mom comes to mind because my mom was a nurse for 50 years. Sure. And, and when she had health problems later in life, she advocated. She she knew to kind of push doctors and say, I know you say it's this. Here's, here's what my gut says is that it could be this. Is there a lesson in... Um, insisting on or going to another doctor or getting more tests. Yeah, getting a second opinion is never a bad thing to do. And also keep in mind, you can fire your doctor. If they're not, if you go to them and you say, all right, I understand this is what you think it is, but that doesn't seem to me to match up with the symptoms. I want further tests done. And they tell you, no, walk. Let me tell you, because when she when they finally realized it was lung cancer in both lungs, she was given two weeks to live. Wow. Life expectancy was two weeks at that point. Uh, she lived until just just now. So she lived for three months instead of just two weeks. Yeah. And you just got to think if that scan had just been read properly, you can, you know, chemo, radiation. I mean, maybe surgery. You can do all of that right away. But when it's that far. You can't do anything. No, and and lung cancer notoriously deadly, and and it just it tends to uh, like it did in her case. It tends to get to the point where you can't operate on it so quickly that uh, by the time symptoms show up, by the time you feel bad, by the time I mean what she described about feeling like she had been punched in the back, mm-hmm. that's a telltale. I mean that that's yeah. that's a lung cancer telltale right there. But by the time it's that bad that you feel that. 
it's too late. If you have ever fired your doctor, and I think that's a that's a good verb. You want my wife not to call. just <laughs> change doctors, right? Some of us have changed doctors. Sometimes we just for whatever reason we just change like change your GP or whatever. But if you have ever been so unhappy with your doctor that you have fired them, I, I want to know more of those stories. Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. And do you tell them, like I'm? I don't know if you're using the word fired, but do you tell them I don't want you to be my doctor anymore? Yeah. Uh, How's that go? And I can, I mean, I'm not telling stories out of school here. Uh, Jen would tell you the same story, but uh, her husband before me, her late husband, died of of cancer. Long, you know, long-term thing. And yeah, there was a, a point at which she was so fed up with the runaround that she was getting from one of the doctors in one of the top cancer centers in the country, by the way. But this guy was just a lousy doctor. And she told him to his face, I want somebody else now. You're off the case. And fired him. And did that happen? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. She had, a new, she had a new doctor. And, and by the way, the new doctor that she got was a dream. Um, he was the best thing that she could have asked for. It should have been the doctor all the way along. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a night and day difference. It was exactly the right thing to do uh, for him at the time. And she's never been shy about much of anything. So, yeah, it was not beyond her her purview to go ahead and do what she did. And it turned out to be exactly the right thing. They got a great result from it. So why don't we do that more? And what can we teach people about how to do it so that we're more comfortable with that? Because the consequences are life or death, mm-hmm. clearly here. 913-586-7798 if you want in here. We'll get to your comments and your calls on this next on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Have you ever fired your doctor or someone in your immediate family fired their doctor? How did it go and how do you do it? Uh, we were talking about the story out of the UK. There was a woman who had um, was in remission from breast cancer and then started feeling pain and started to think something was wrong. So she goes to the hospital and they tell her, well, it's COVID, even though she'd never tested positive for COVID. Turned out her cancer came back as lung cancer, given two weeks to live, lived three months. 
uh, some of the stories that we're hearing on the text line, and we'll get to you on the phones here in just a second as well, but some of these are just amazing. Uh, one woman texted in and said, uh, I am prone for cancer because of a family history. And after a questionable pap smear, a nurse told her to, quote, calm down. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> that always goes well. Yeah. That's that's what you want to hear from a medical professional. Uh, she says she reported her after that, and I don't blame her a bit. Frank and Tagadoxy is going to kick us off in this one. Hey, Frank. How are you doing? Couldn't be better, Frank. What's going on with you? So I did fire my PCP. Um, I'm currently 57. I was 56 at the time. I was suffering from extreme pain in my elbows, both elbows, to the point where I never miss work, and I missed two days of work because of the extreme pain. Went to work on a Wednesday, uh, started out just fine, and then about 10 o'clock in the morning, my elbows started hurting again. Called my wife, let her know. She says, you need to get to the doctor right away. Went to the doctor, um, excuse me. Went to the doctor. The doctor, long story short, uh, told me that I had a tennis elbow in both elbows at the exact same time. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know. I didn't have any clue. She told me to go to Walgreens, get, you know, the, the elbow strap to me home yeah. with pain medicine. The very next, that night, I go to bed, and the pain was so extreme that I got up out of bed and then all of a sudden my chest started hurting to the point where I couldn't hardly even breathe. And long story short, my wife ended up rushing me to the hospital that night and I had a LDL, which is what they consider a widow maker heart, a heart attack. And to my knowledge, I think only about 10 to 12% of the people survive that. Yeah. My cardiologist could not believe that my PCP um, diagnosed me with tennis elbow in both elbows. He said in all of his career, he's never, ever heard of anybody getting tennis elbow in both elbows that he said he, she should have done her homework instead of just giving me a pain med and sending me home. Yeah, I was that close to dying. Wow. Unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm glad you're on top of it now. How's the ticker doing? Doing a lot better now. Good. Thank you. Good man. All right. Hey, Frank, thanks. Yeah. You make that kind of a mistake and you blow off something. That's the other thing that's coming in time after time after time uh-huh. on the text line is being misdiagnosed with things like that. Um, yeah. And, and I had a, a friend whose father was diagnosed with an infection because he had a, a lump in his throat. It was mm-hmm. something you could feel from the outside. And the doctor said, oh, it's an infection. It's lymph nodes. It'll go down, you know, no problem. We'll give you some antibiotics. You'll be fine. A month later, it had doubled in size, and it eventually killed him. It was throat cancer. Oh, my gosh. So, and again, I feel like cancer is easy to diagnose. I mean, I'm not a doctor. But I feel, <laughs> you know, but I feel like an MRI would show you that kind of thing. And so why don't they do those tests just to see, Yeah. just to be sure? Right, especially if it is something anomalous. Like I mean, he was talking about tennis elbow. That's the ligament that that holds the radius and ulna, you know, together with the with the humerus on the elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you tend to get pain down your forearm from the elbow down to your forearm, and and that's the kind of thing that happens from repeated use. Well, ninety nine times out of a hundred, that's going to happen in your dominant arm because that's the one you're using most of the time to do stuff. Right. Uh, so yeah, you get it in both sides. That's not generally going to be what that is. 
the stories that are coming on the text line are making me nervous too about the stuff <laughs> that everybody's been through. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep going here. Let's go next to Lisa in Overland Park. Hi, Lisa. Hi there. Yeah, I was just calling in to uh, say, you know, if people do want to fire their PCP or any doctor of theirs, that's definitely possible, but they have to take into account that it will probably take them at least two months to get in to get established with a different uh, provider. And our healthcare system is just so overwhelmed. It's so fragmented. It doesn't surprise me that someone would have an MRI that was probably read by the right radiologist and read correctly by the radiologist. And then that report would have been sent back to the doctor who ordered the test and it would be sent through their electronic medical records and it would go to some in basket somewhere and those things are easily lost and things are falling through the cracks and people are not getting the kind of care they deserve because our healthcare system is so fragmented and overwhelmed insurance is coming in on the text line too as a yeah. problem that insurance won't cover it that, and that's oh, absolutely yeah, that somebody may have ordered you know somebody could say you need to go have an mri on that lump in your throat but the patient would probably have to pay eight hundred dollars most likely even if they had insurance to cover that testing so there's a lot of factors that are coming into play and my my thought is our healthcare system is falling apart and it needs to be overhauled Big time. Oh, definitely. Truth. So if you know, I mean, if you know that your doctor, you're not satisfied with the level of care you're getting and all of that, rather than cut off ties and leave yourself adrift for two months, especially if there's something wrong, what's a better way to do that? Is it just a matter of pre preparing before you leave? Um, I Yes, I think maybe do your research online and with people that you know, maybe healthcare providers. Yeah nurses that you know in your personal life and say, hey, what do you think? Is there something you think I should ask my doctor to do? Or also the other thing is, is ask if you can get in with their nurse practitioner or their PA, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes just getting a different set of eyes on things can go a long way. Great idea. Lisa, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that's, I mean, it almost sounds like the, you know, never quit your job until you already have another job lined up. <laughs> you right. know, don't quit, right. don't fire your doctor until you're already in with somebody else. The insurance thing is maddening. Yeah. Four texts in a row. Insurance will deny the procedure. Insurance companies won't pay for the test. You can't even get an MRI without going through rehab and going through all these steps just to get to that point. Yep. So frustrating. I'm right in the middle of that with my shoulder right now, and it's still not getting any better. So, yeah, I, I feel your pain, even though that one's a lot less serious. Let's go to Laura and KCMO next. Hi, Laura. Hey, how are you doing? Doing fine. What's on your mind? Great. Well, my uh, my story is just a little bit different. It's not necessarily malpractice. It was it was just more a difference of of approach. My my son was born um, and started having to have major reconstructive surgeries at age four months, and by the time he was four years old, he'd already had ten or eleven uh, major surgeries, and um, most of his surgeries had to be either in St. Louis or Boston, just because that's where the doctors were that knew what they were doing. Yeah. However, um, I'm not going to travel all the way back to St. Louis to do something as simple as maybe take out some stitches or, or remove a pin. And so I, I would do that piece of the puzzle here locally. And I had a doctor one time um, who insisted that I go into 
extreme detail with my three-year-old about exactly what this procedure was going to entail. Um, unfortunately, um, not just kids, but people in general, when you, when you have a lot of surgeries and you have a lot of things going on, your anxiety level gets really, really high. Yep. A lot of triggers, things like that. Um, because I had been at my son's side all the way from day one, I knew how to manage that. And I knew the best way to, to, to manage my son and in order to, to get these things done with the least amount of stress and, and such on him and the family and, and the medical staff, because sometimes his anxiety would get so level, so, so bad, he would take swings at the nursing staff because he, oh. he didn't know what was going on. But telling him three days in advance and giving him three days to ramp up his anxiety was not the approach that I wanted to take. And this doctor insisted that I do this. And I said, well, I can find another doctor. And I, I moved on. Um, Good for you. The next doctor I went to said, you're the mom. This is your this 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 piece of this puzzle is is yours to manage. And he let me he let me do that. But. So it's, it's, there's a lot of other reasons for sometimes just needing to move on. Yeah, micromanaging yeah. isn't fun in any level. <laughs> when, yeah, when somebody's giving you that kind of business, yeah, you made the right call. Laura, good for you. Thank you very much for the story as well. Thanks, Laura. We are learning a lot yeah. out of these stories here, too. How about we uh, get another one in from Diane and Leavenworth? Hi, Diane. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey there. How are you all? I tell you, um, my husband went to work one morning and 2009, and he went and was having strokes at his job. He couldn't even get out of his car, and they sent him to Olathe Medical Center, and um, we went and picked him up, and we went and found out what was going on, and they said he had inner ear infection and vertigo, gave him some pills and told him to go to the doctor the next day if he wasn't feeling any better. Well, they misread his uh, test that they did. All the time he was having many strokes, we took him home. The next day I had to get him dressed, get him to the hospital in Cushions and Leavenworth. They had to life flight him to St. Luke's and they took him into emergency and, and did an operation on his lower back of his brain. and. Passed away then, and uh, wow. you know, just from a misread uh, test that they've done in Olathe. Un unbelievable, and I'm so sorry, Diane. I mean, yeah, that uh, you know, again, if you've ever been through any of the tests for vertigo and all of that, you know that mm -hmm. there are signs, things that you can't fake, and things that are indicative of you know having vertigo. I've been there. Uh, never had a stroke, thankfully, but. There, there should be obvious differences in just the the test that they do when they lay it back on the table and watch where your eyes move and all of that stuff that should have told them that something much bigger was wrong. It's funny. I keep hearing all these stories, and I have a general practitioner that I really like. Like, I, I, I got it right the first time when I, when I got into her. And I like her, and she's available by email, and her nurse is really great, and everything's great about it. And I'm sitting here going, okay, but if I were to bring her something – you just you want to trust your doctor you want to believe that they're right you don't want to have to you don't have to question it it's got me thinking now about like what i would do in that situation because i really like her but what if she's wrong yeah and and when you feel it when right. you know okay what you just said isn't what i'm going through 
then yeah, how far do you go before you just say, you know what? I and there is a difference between firing a doctor, which as we've heard in some cases is totally warranted, and just getting a second opinion, going to a different office, going to somebody else in network and saying, look. The, the, you know, I, I need to get, as a previous caller said, another pair of eyes on this case. I need somebody to look at this differently. So can you tell me what you think is going on here? It, it, do that. Protect yourself. The problem, of course, is a lot of times when you try to do that, especially if it's not already your doctor, sure, we can see in three months. Yes. And does insurance cover a second opinion? Does insurance care? Uh, as long, well, it depends on the insurance right. policy, of course, but usually if you, if you have like a, an HMO or a PPO or something along those lines, as long as it's an in-network doctor and it's a visit for something, they'll, they'll be okay with it. But check first, call, yeah. yeah, call your insurance company and say, Hey, by the way, I want somebody else's eyes on this. What can I do? And any doctor who's good at their job and confident should be, yeah, go get a second opinion. Absolutely. We encourage you to put other eyes on it let's make sure i'm right yes yeah if they if they give you flack about that that's another reason why you probably should go see a different doctor all right we have callers on hold give us a couple minutes we'll take a break we'll wrap with your calls next on kmbz there's already a line of cars to get into arrowhead stadium channel nine has got live video that i've been watching here for a couple minutes gates don't open until 2 30 but the line is already long to try to get into the parking lot there so Fun times. Um, looking forward to this, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not looking forward to that part. I'm looking forward to the game, but not not that part of it. But there's only so much you can do. All right, so we were talking about whether you have ever fired your doctor uh, because we started with the story out of the UK about a woman, a nurse who suspected that her, her cancer might be back. Doctors dismissed it as long COVID. We'll go back to it, and we've been talking about what you do when you're getting what you consider to be unsatisfactory service from your doctor. How have you dealt with it in the past? And Megan and Lee Summit is up next with us. Hi, Megan. Hi. Um, yeah, I fired my primary care be because he wouldn't order tests. I have a gene, I didn't know it at the time, that causes colon cancer. And I inherited it from my dad, and I knew I was a year younger than my dad had been when he was diagnosed and my doctor said, you have nothing to worry about, you're too young. You're only 31. And I called my insurance and asked if I could go to a GI without a referral and I was able to and I did and I had thousands of polyps. And two oh, months wow. later I had to have my entire colon removed. But, and, you're, but you're too young. Yeah, I'm 45 years old now I've had my entire colon removed and still get polyps occasionally. My 17-year-old son has had his colon removed, but they told us not to worry. And if I had listed, listened to him, I wouldn't be here, and God only knows what my son would be going through. Wow. Um, yeah, it, well, again, yeah, that's a good – I can't think of a better reason to tell somebody, I don't want you working on me anymore. Oh, 100%. Megan, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad everything's going better now, but I mean, I, I know that's a lot to go through. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Ellen, next up out of Kansas City. Hi, Ellen. Hi, how are you guys? Doing well. Um, my experience was I just had gone and um, to a specialist. I am a recovering breast cancer patient, four years out, doing good. And before that, I had had my gallbladder out and my bowel twisted. So I was in the hospital with that. But 
I went to a specialist because when I was going through cancer, I had a rough start. I got too much chemo from one doctor, so I changed and went to another specialist, and everything went good with that. But I had trouble with my stomach, so I said, well, I want to go to a specialist. And they said, oh, that's a great idea. So I went a couple of months back, and um, the guy says, well, we want to do a colon test on you. And I said, no. I said, my bowel twisted. I'm I'm not doing that. I will do your Cologuard all day long. I said, but the problem I'm having is that at the upper top part of my stomach, can you do a test down to see what's going on? Sure, we'll do that. But he got really kind of belligerent with me because I wouldn't do the other test, but he went ahead and did it. I come out of anesthesia and they said, oh, well, you got a hernia. I said, well, what's the other problem I've got going on? Well, I don't know. And oh, could he? Out the door. <laughs> yeah, he goes, well, I don't know. And I went, well, okay, fine. I said, could it be scar tissue? Uh, I don't know, probably. So I went to see his nurse practitioner, oh, about a month ago. And I told her, I said, well, I also have diverticulitis and colitis. Now, what can I do about that? You just got to live with it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that that, boy, uh, I've met some lazy people in my time. That one takes the cake. Yeah, well, and it was all because I wouldn't go and get their colon test Uh Uh, because my bowel was twisted. And and I'm not going to do it. I will take their Cologuard, and if something comes of that, then we'll go from there. Sure. But I had also had a PET scan. The PET scan came up perfectly clear. There was no cancer anywhere. So I thought, well, you know, we're just going to do it with the color guard. No, that guy didn't like it. He got very belligerent. So so he was punishing you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so was his nurse. What, more more behavior you. that should never happen from a doctor. I are you now do you like the doctor you have now? You in a better place? Um, I have I I am living with it. I I'm going to see my oncologist in December and I'm going to talk to him about it because yeah. it was through the same medical group that, you know, I'm going through. So I'm going to talk to him and tell him, hey, let's find another doctor. I, I, I don't think that one's for me. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't so. wait. But, yeah, good for you for being patient. Ellen, thank you. Uh, yeah, take control. And that's that's really, I guess, the moral of the story that we've been talking about this entire time is take control. It's your health. And don't feel bad about it. No. Don't feel like, you know, you want to be nice and that you don't want to offend them. So there's the point there. Okay, you are, people are telling me that, at Arrowhead, the reason fans get there early, and Chael and I just had this too, I did not know this, is that if it interferes with traffic, if the line interferes with traffic, they open the gates early. Oh, good. Okay. So, scam. so we're trying to force the issue. That's yes. cool. All right. Yeah. They're playing a game, and it apparently works quite a bit. So good for them. Um, we'll get into this more coming up afternoon, but you were just giving us some, um, and I saw this this morning too, about what's going on in Florida with weather. Oh yeah. Uh, it's pretty hairy right now. As a matter of fact, there is a line of storms that's coming in from the Gulf over, uh, the Tampa Bay area. It, it went through, it's kind of a, a crooked line from Northeast to Southwest. So it already went through crystal river. There were some tornadoes reported there. 
uh, Crystal Rivers north of Tampa, where the nuke plant is, which is right where you want tornadoes. (laughs) And it's just a a really, I mean, bright red line of thunderstorms on the radar map that goes all the way down to the southeast. It's hitting some areas in Pinellas County now. Uh, There was a tornado reported over the Dunedin Causeway, which is... West of Tampa by maybe 15, 20 miles. Uh, and I, I shot you that picture of the tornado uh-huh. itself. Oh, my that, gosh. That sky, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's pitch dark. Yeah. If you had not told me what time of day that picture was taken, I would have thought, oh, my gosh, it's it's midnight. Yeah. Uh, so and it's going to continue i mean that's a long line of thunderstorms that's out there. So uh, they're expecting 70 mile an hour winds out of this thing. We will keep an eye on it, Um, especially this time of year. Very odd. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. All right. uh, Coming up in the next hour, uh, we'll tell you what climate change could be ruining for you, amongst other things. Get to that in a lot more in the next hour here on KMBZ. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.